Hi everyone and welcome back to the In Our Backyard podcast with me, Jen Galler. This is the Blue Ridge Environmental Defense League's podcast where I discuss environmental issues that are happening right in our backyards. This episode, I talk with Alan Debbie, who are co-chairs of the Northampton County Citizens Against Coal Ash chapter. We start by talking about the current coal ash dumps and their effects in their rural community, and then how they fought a proposed 850 plus acre coal ash dump from coming in by an investor called Vista Green. We talk about the dangers of coal ash, the significance of countywide zoning, educating the public about coal and dirty jobs, water testing, and how they are now staying active as a chapter to fight any future problems that may arise in their county. How to contact and connect with the chapter will be linked in the show notes below, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, everyone. I'm with Alan Debbie, who are co-chairs of the Northampton County Citizens Against Coal Ash chapter. So just my first question is, what's happening in your community of Northampton County? Well, a business called Capstone is now West Rock. They have a coal ash dump site on Highway 46 in Garysburg, Northampton County, North Carolina. Yeah. It's like a hill. It has grass on it. And from time to time, we'll see trucks that travel the private road from the adjoining county bringing loads to that site. They bring um, it in across the river. They built a bridge or whatever, and then they have their own road. So it goes from the factory or the, the business across the river to us, and then they dump it there. And they've been doing that for a long, long time. <laughs> there are homes in the area. There are also businesses, industrial-type mm-hmm. businesses yeah. in the area. But there are people that live right there. Down the road is still on Highway 4. 46. It's 22 and a half acres. And supposedly it was for structural fill, but nothing's ever been built on the land. And we went to DEQ and looked at records and we know at least twice this individual has been fined because it is leaching into the creek, which runs into the Roanoke River. And so we call it the Arthur's Creek site, but it's just a big open area of 22 acres where trucks for years dump coal ash to get it out of the cogeneration plant that was in Weldon. So That's awful that these companies, businesses just come to your community to put their dumpings. Do you know if there's any rules or regulations against that and then can you also talk about your battle with Vista Green? That was prior to countywide zoning that our uh, county implemented in 1994 and so they were permitted if I remember correctly Deborah, they were permitted through the state weren't they? They were permitted through the state. But now when the Vista Green folks the investors they wanted to locate a coal ash facility in our county which is going to be basically a dump site 852 acres in Northampton County they had to go through the zoning process they had to first attempt to obtain a special use permit then when there was opposition they withdrew that petition then later they came back and they realized they need to ask that the land that they had purchased be rezoned from agricultural residential to heavy industrial. And we opposed that. Our planning board and then our county commissioners in turn unanimously rejected their rezoning request. So there was a mechanism at that time, 2018, that allowed the question of rezoning to be examined, opposition to be heard, and then a what we consider a fair decision as to deny that request. But prior to that, with the other sites, there was no countywide zoning. And so the Arthur's Creek site received coal ash, Capstone site 
receive coal ash by virtue of this state permitting process. So you would say the role of zoning played in your favor for all of this? Absolutely. Critical. Critical. We were invited to travel to Warren County to talk to folks there and their county commissioners as they were considering implementing countywide zoning. And we just basically told what our experience was. After that, Warren County adopted countywide zoning. Many of the counties in North Carolina already have countywide zoning, but I think the Warren County Commissioners saw the value of countywide zoning in precluding these adverse industries from coming to one's county. You usually hear zoning in terms of negatives, but this was really a good positive and good that you guys implemented in other places. Because we learned that we didn't have the prior experience in this type of thing, but we learned that companies started targeting the county years ahead of time. They make contact with various commissioners or other officials, and then they plan. It's not willy-nilly. They plan. And as Debbie said, if it had not been for countywide zoning, we would not have been aware of what was going on, we believe, and we would not have been able to have the input that we had. So how did you guys find out about the countywide zoning and that was a possibility? The company, Vista Green, sent out letters to landowners who surrounded the proposed site. My family, we are farmers, and we own a, a pretty large farm right across the road from where Vista Green wanted to put their facility. It was kind of hinted at that those letters came out a little prematurely. So we consider that our God moment, that we were notified that this was all happening because we're still finding out that this was pretty far down the road to getting done before anybody knew about it. And then the same thing happened with our NAACP president, Tony Burnett. He had some members or some people in the community who got letters and they contacted him. And so we all just came together at a meeting and just formed this little group. And then we, when we researched, at first it was just a special use permit, but then they were told that they had to rezone in addition to the special use permit and the zoning had to come first. And so that's how we all learned that we needed to fight with the planning board and commissioners, you know, more to educate because, Mm -hmm. you know, not a lot of people knew about coal ash. I mean, even if it's a, a last couple of years, it was more educating the public because of course the company was saying, you know, this is gonna bring lots of jobs and we're gonna, help fund schools and we're going to help fund fire stations and that kind of thing. And so hot was sick for us to go against. And, and the zoning ordinance requires public hearing. And so that's where the residents and citizens have the opportunity for input. That was just, again, critical. I think Vista Green realized that they had to try to persuade citizens that, in their opinion, this was going to be a good project for the county. And they started with the meetings that Debbie was mentioning. We had opportunity to research. I mean, you know, anyone just Google coal ash. Uh, yeah. And that's how we <laughs> yeah. About it. And, and that's how we found out this is going to be a terrible thing. It, because the public hearing aspect was coming down the road, we would have the opportunity to be heard. And that's why Debbie was saying if it hadn't been countywide zoning, we really believe we have this terrible industry in our county right now. The timing, too, was not, I'm not going to say good, but it was after the Tennessee Valley spill and after the Dan River spill. So there was this plethora of information all of a sudden about coal ash and the workers cleaning up the spills and that kind of stuff that helped us, too. Right. And it's such an important point, too, that just doing research yourself and just informing your community and taking action is just the first step. So I just think it's an important point that you don't have to be an expert in this, but just citizens, residents can stand up for their community. 
And also, Jen, whenever we would talk to people, we would tell them, look, you can Google us and check this Everything out yourself. Yeah. And it's not hard to do. We wanted to show that though we had done our research and formed our opinion, we wanted to present the information in an objective fashion and let people come to their own decision. One of the things that we had to struggle most against was the proposal that this Green was making concerning jobs. We're tier one county. We're land rich, but we're cash poor. And they kept saying, well, we're going to bring jobs. They gave an average wage of what the jobs that they said would come. And what we learned from the Tennessee Valley spill about workers who quickly began to suffer debilitating illnesses, and then some of them actually passed away. And with the help of some other folks interviewed by telephone, some of these workers or their spouses or their family members, and they described how the coal ash had affected them or their loved ones. And we were to tell these people who were talking about the jobs, people in our county, look, this has been an experience of these other folks. You might have some jobs, but these jobs will kill you or devastate your health. Yeah. So, and that, that Kingston coal ash spill in Tennessee, that happened many years ago and they're still recovering and people are still sick and dying from that today. Yes. yes. Yeah. I guess that goes into my next question question of, could you talk about the dangers and just all the injustices of coal ash? We farm cotton, peanuts, corn, soybeans, and sweet potatoes. Uh, mm-hmm. We're new to the sweet potatoes. We actually had our inspector come, and he was looking at what we have as a little lumber company. It was across the street. And he asked my son, he said, what is that? You know, he told him it was logging or whatever. And uh, he said, what would have caused you to shut me down? And he said, well, for one, coal ash. And of course, this facility was going to be built right across, you know, a little country road from our farm. And so it's not only what happens, but it's also the perception of trying to sell, you know, we have organic corn, we have organic soybeans, that kind of stuff. And you can't have that kind of thing close to a coal ash facility. But also, of course, the danger is seeing uh, the heavy metals that get into the body, the the possibility of, I know they've had cancers, they've had respiratory issues, that kind of thing, all associated with it. And I know Tennessee Valley people were not given masks or hazmat suits or, or anything to work and were actually discouraged from it because they kept saying it was not hazardous. But not hazardous doesn't mean that it's not toxic. And as Debbie said, I mean, heavy metals never go away. She mentioned the health aspects, but financially, we read about one town where the coal ash had a very adverse effect upon the property values of the, the landowners. It would inhibit, I think, clean industry or jobs from coming to our county, potential persons relocating our county. I mean, who wants to come to a county where there's a coal ash facility? You know, people research, people do Google, and we were thinking that this would be the beginning of a trail of dirty industries targeting Northampton County, even more so. What we've learned through our research is that these companies, quote, dirty industry, industries that other people don't want, they target counties where they think the folk would not fight back. They're poor, need jobs, and things of that nature. And as Debbie said, it was a God moment. We, we're just grateful that we received a notification and people came together and we were able to fight this industry from coming to our county. And essentially through our county commissioners and the zoning ordinance prevented from coming. It, w- it would have just been terrible for our county. You know, we may not have a lot of money, but we do have land and we want to leave that to our children, grandchildren. And this would have been devastating to that legacy that we want to leave. Right. So it's also just a huge environmental injustice. 
issue as well. Absolutely. You guys got the permit and notices in the mail and that's how the Northampton County Citizens Against Colash chapter started. So what else have you guys been doing as a chapter? Well, we're currently doing some water testing with people's well water. We are working with Rettle, of course, and with UNC, Andrew George, and with Virginia Tech. And we've gotten some of those results back and now we're going to retest some other wells. And that testing is a result of the wishes of our membership. After we completed our fight against Vista Green, our folks talked about the fact that we had some small, what we would call small pockets of coal ash already in our county. Since we have residents that live in those facilities, the folks wanted us to help them with testing of their well water. We want to test also soil. So as Debbie mentioned, we're in the process of completing those various tests now. Yes. Are you guys testing for anything specific? Or are you just testing the water for any kind of chemical in there? We're testing for heavy metals, lead, also testing for hexavalent chromium, vanadium, you know, any of those, just because a lot of these wells, not all of them, but a lot of the wells are near that area that the coal ash was dumped and it's not lined. It's also near a creek. So we were worried about well water in that area specifically, but to get a better sampling, we also tested wells around the county. We just want to make sure that they have clean water and access to a filter or whatever. And so now, not only through the fact that Ruddles helped us and UNC and Virginia Tech and, and everything with this water testing, now the county is kind of interested in our results. It's kind of growing from there in that we, we do need to worry about water quality, even if it's not collect, you know, even if it's old types or old metal or, you know, that kind of stuff. Too. Say to add to that, there's an individual that had worked as a truck driver back in the 70s and 80s, and he drove one of the large dump trucks. He told us that he and other workers were instructed to dump coal ash directly into the Roanoke River, oh which gosh. runs through our county. And that was part of their job. And and to be fair to him, he said he did not know that there was anything wrong with it. They were just supposed to get rid of the coal ash, and he dumped for several years into the river. So wow. that's one problem, one issue. And then we have a company that's located in an adjoining county but which owns property in our county and they have a coal ash dump site in our county and then lastly the one that debit also mentioned a private landowner had a contract to accept coal ash as structural field of various projects and this again all these were prior to countywide zoning in 1994 and that coal ash on that private landowner's property is leaching into the creek. Which runs into the river. So we have people living in those vicinities and they're not on county water, some of them. Maybe they may be at some point, but right now they're not. And then some people that use the that are on county water still use their wells for auxiliary purposes. Feed water and livestock, washing vehicles, things of that nature. They're getting the gardens. Right. Yeah. We just wanted to make sure that was okay. And being associated with Brettle, we met with Therese Vick. Therese was from Northampton County. She assisted us in this fight. And we've been learning about just the way in which rural counties are targeted. We continue to meet on a monthly basis. Tomorrow, we are having an indoor yard sale. We're raising funds. We want to be prepared for the next industry that tries to attack our county. We want to be vigilant. We also know that 
Mr. Green has not sold that property. They still own 852 acres in Northampton County. We're concerned about being prepared so that Mr. Green or someone else doesn't try to somehow still bring coal ash to our county. And we're just trying to, the, the citizens are aware that we're continuing to be prepared for the fight so that they're not low. And we're trying not to be low and thinking that everything's fine. Yeah, just the overall health and safety of your community. And you guys are being really proactive about that, which is good. And then I guess you kind of touched on this, but are there short-term goals and then long-term goals for your chapter? One of the additional short-term goals would be to test the surface water, the Autry, the Roanoke River. And we found that to be tested to be very expensive. It's first of all, regarding safety, it's not something that we as laypersons can do. We need someone professional, reputable to do this. We learned through our experience with UNC Institute for the Environment, Dr. Andrew George and the Virginia Tech folks that their results would not be questioned necessarily because of their stature, because of their experience. And so we're in the process of trying to fund the testing that's going to be required for the surface water. And that's, also possibly sediment yes. in the creek, in the river. Too. That's right. Sediment testing. Too. Right. So that short goal. And once we get through that, I mean, as far as long term, I think we envision the chapter remaining active some yeah. length of period of time. We don't we don't plan on ending it. We just anything that comes up that we feel our people need help with or they need a voice or need representation in. We have a lot of solar farms here. We have a the pipeline issue. We have of course, thank goodness we got rid of the, for now, the coal ash situation with Mr. Green. So, it's, it, you know, there's always something, you know, Alice said, you know, we're, we're poor, we're rural, we're probably predominantly undereducated kind of situation. And I think they target that kind of thing. So as far as long-term, if whoever's next and whoever comes in, just to make sure it's a good thing for the county and not something that's going to hurt us. And we continue to attend the county commissioner meetings. We always have a presence there. Whether we are viewing it through the Facebook showing or, or in person, the commissioners all know us. One of our executive team members eventually was elected to serve on the Northampton County Commission Board. And so she's there. We are looking at some of the other boards trying to get a seat. We just want to make sure that there's an environmental perspective on the various boards that can impact on the future of our county. And so that's one thing that we're doing. Yeah, and that's, that's really important. And then is there anything else that we didn't cover about the chapter or your community that you want to talk about? One thing about this fight, one great positive is that it brought folks together. Blacks, whites, different economic, social, religious. religious. It didn't matter. It was, yep. it brought everybody together. Right. And that was a beautiful thing to see. And some of us who didn't know each other have become friends. We talk, David and I, we lived at different ends of a particular street in our town. And, um, you know, we talk about our grandchildren, family, and things of that nature. And we just become good friends. Our families have become friends. And it just brought us closer together. You know, I have a really strong spirit of optimism as a result of the fight that we've been through. We can work together and improve and enhance our county. Um, yeah. And then what can others do to take action or support you guys in this fight? Well, we have a Facebook page, Northampton County Citizens Against Collash. Supporting that, supporting various activities we have for raising money. I want to say to other chapters, one thing we had when we were in the middle of this fight is one of our members came up with a postcard to every commissioner. Kind of flooded their mailbox with anti-Mr. Green and Collash postcards. And in fact, sometimes they were saying that that was all that was in their box. <laughs> so, so, but uh, yeah, that was a great thing. But anyway, as far as, you know, you know, supporting us, I mean, we want to support other communities too and, and working together with information. If different chapters
chapters, if they have ideas or thoughts mm-hmm. or they've heard of something, let us know. We'll try to do the same and, and be willing to assist each other. And then you said the Facebook group, which I'll link in the show notes. Is there any other way to stay connected to what you guys are doing? We have a mailing list and, and I usually send out that. And that's one way in which people can connect with us. My email is aw, the number six, kwas at gmail.com. I'll usually send out something concerning our monthly meeting and sometimes what we're doing. My email is chemdeb at embark, E-M-B-A-R-Q. Thank you so much to Al and Debbie for sharing about your knowledge and experience and putting a stop from Viscreen placing a coal ash dump in your county. As a follow-up, Al and Debbie were saying they spoke with people involved with the Kingston coal ash spill. And to give you some background on that spill, it was an environmental and industrial disaster back in 2008 when a levee ruptured releasing 1.1 billion gallons of coal ash. The spill damaged multiple homes and flowed into nearby waterways, including the Emory River and Clinch River. Along with killing workers and putting public health at risk, it was the largest fly ash release and worst coal ash related disaster in United States history. They're still recovering today, and that's a huge implication of what can happen with coal ash and what the Northampton County chapter are trying to prevent in their own community. I'm going to link some articles about the dangers of coal ash so you can check that out. Tune in next Friday for a new episode and have a good week, everyone.